This is Pastor Mike from Jordan Lutheran Church, and you're about to hear one of our Sunday morning messages. At Jordan, we're passionate about learning from the Bible and pray that this message makes an impact in your life. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. How many people do you think are coming? How many of you have heard that before? How many people do you think are coming? You ever had that question? It could be for Thanksgiving. It could be for Halloween. How many trick-or-treaters will it be? Uh, And certainly even this past Wednesday, uh, as we gathered uh, and we had our small groups assembled, some of you have been able to make small groups and others who, boy, this was a chance for us to have a meal together. One of the great questions leading up to a huge congregational meal is, how many do you think are coming? Now, did every person who came sign up? No, that never happens. It's fine. I know that. But the question's asked. Now, why do we ask it? We ask it because we want to make sure that there's enough. We don't want anyone to come and not have something to eat. Uh, It just, well, some of you aren't worried about it. Those who actually make meals get very concerned about it. Others who've never prepped meals, you're like, well, it always works out. Well, yes, it does work out, but that's because there's people working very diligently behind the scenes. But that question, how many do you think are coming? Open up to Mark chapter 6. We're going to look there this morning. Mark chapter 6, we begin at the 30th verse, and we have been slowly making our way through this gospel. And the joy of reading a text uh, as it unfolds is that you have in your stored shared memory as this congregation over the last few weeks some of what Jesus has been up to. And if you're like, hey, I'm visiting today, I wasn't there, don't worry, I'll bring you along for the ride. Uh, we'll, we'll refresh your memories as well. So open up Mark chapter 6, we begin at the 30th verse. There's so much that's been going on. The disciples have been so busy. There's so much that has happened. We find the disciples oh, exhausted. Mark 6, verse 30. The apostles returned to Jesus and told him all they had done and taught. Now, just before this, if you were to turn back, look in Mark 5, Mark 6, Jesus had sent the disciples out. He had sent them out. He was teaching them to go, and they were to be ambassadors for Christ to go and to talk to people. Now, this is what we would call uh, an internship. They're doing on-the-job training. So they're coming back in and reporting. This is what's happening. They come back in verse 60. They come back to, here's what we did. Here's what we taught. Now, did you catch that when they go out, it's what they did and what they taught. See, this thing of being a Christian isn't just doing. So if you think Christian is just giving stuff away, if you think Christian is just holding hands, if you think Christian is just hugging, if you think Christian is just smiling, Christian is just not getting angry, I don't disagree that those are wonderful attributes of what it is to be a Christian. But you also have to be able to teach. I'm not asking you to be a professor. I'm not asking you to write novels. I'm not asking you to write commentaries. But you should at some point be able to say why it is that you're doing what you're doing. That's teaching. And if you need someone else to help step alongside you, that's fine. But realize as the disciples come back, they say, here's what we did and here's what we taught. Uh, Jesus may have to correct them a little bit. There's some stuff they didn't fully understand at this point in Mark 6. There's stuff they still didn't understand at the end of Mark's gospel. But here they are gathered. And he says to them, verse 31, and he said, come away by yourselves to a desolate place. 
and rest. Come along to a desolate place and rest a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. They'd been so busy. They'd done so much. Let's go to this desolate place, and let's rest. So we're going to rest from our to-do list. We're going to sit there with the Lord, and we're going to have a chance to finally catch our breath. We haven't been able to do that. We've been too busy doing and... Yeah, just we're going to try that on so we understand how this works. Too busy doing and... Teaching. So if Jordan Lutheran Church just does but never teaches, we'd be a... You can say it. Yeah, that's a little... I was going with failure, wasteful work. I mean this. Like, we're not just doers. We're doers and teachers. Uh, This is why, like, I hope you get jazzed when you see kids. And most of you get jazzed, like, kids, all right. Sunday school, great. Well, let's make sure they're there. And that takes adults. Kids, let's get them to VBS. I get it, but that takes adult volunteers to make it happen. Uh, and don't just get jazzed for kids learning. You should get jazzed because you want to what? You want to learn. All oh, we talk about kids learning, kids learning. And then adults, hey, have you been to Bible class recently? No, it's been like nine months. Oh. You in a small group? No, I don't have time. All right. It's interesting what we expect of kids, but we don't expect of us. Because it's always easier to point the what? I shouldn't point at anyone. It's always easier to point the, the finger. It's always easier to say that there's someone else who has work to do. So the disciple story doesn't just stop with a simple meal and reflective learning. Because you know how this story unfolds. Verse 32 and 33. They went away in a boat to a desolate place by themselves. Thus far, pretty good, right? Boat, desolate place. We're going to get our rest. Now, many saw them going, recognized them, and ran there on foot from all the towns ahead of them. Because who is it that they are traveling with? And what do we know about Jesus from recent history, recent congregational sermon history? What's Jesus been up to? We just raised Jairus' daughter, so dead people are being raised. What else have we done? We healed the woman who had that disease of the bleeding for years, just touched, healed. He's stopping illness. He's raising people who are dead. This is the type of guy you want to be around. And you just saw they went in a boat. Hmm. I could make it there before the boat gets there, and that's exactly what they did. And they go running to the desolate place. So two things we need, desolate place and rest. This is where the story is going to get interesting for us. How many of you like desolate places? All right, yeah. Yeah, a couple people are like all in on desolate. That's okay. Some people really jazzed for desolate. Others like not sure what to make of it. Well, this is where the disciples are headed. So what's a desolate place look like? It's a place that's going to be set away from the hustle and bustle of daily living. Desolate doesn't mean that things won't happen there. Desolate just means that it's not the place of great commerce and activity. See, sometimes when you hear desolate, you read and add other things into it. Because you figure desolate must mean tumbleweed. Or you figure desolate must mean desert with nothing present. That's not what desolate means. It just means that you're not going to have all the activity in that place. But guess what can happen to a desolate place? All the activity can come to the desolate place. So what about the rest? Well, the desolate place I think we kind of get to... And we see how this moves ahead. 
The scripture tells us in verse 34 and 45, speaking of the desolate place, he began to teach them many things, that is, those who came there, and when it grew late, his disciples came and said to him, this is a desolate place. Did you catch that? So all the teaching, all the people were gathered there, but they still defined the place as desolate, which just meant it doesn't have all the services, utilities, all the arrangements you'd expect. Desolate talks about the circumstances of it, not the activity that's happening there. So if we think of the two needed things that Jesus said they'd get, desolate place and rest, did they get desolate? Checkbox. Now, what about rest? That's just what's interesting. I want you just to sit on it for a little bit. Did they get the rest? And as you're thinking about did they get the rest, I want you to consider what does rest look like? How would you define rest? What did the disciples think rest would look like? What did they get? What do you think Sunday afternoon rest and repose should look like? And will you get it today? What I want to suggest to you is that the answer is going to be the same for them as it is for you. Did you get rest today? Do you know what that answer is? Yes. You were just looking for it in the wrong place. I would suggest that the disciples, as they're going to this desolate place and looking for rest, they thought that they were going to be able to kick back, throw their feet up, and just have some chance. And it could be rocky beach, whatever you want, but they were just going to be able to just kind of let it go. I don't know what disciples do when they let it go, but that's what they were going to do. But they get there and it's busy. But the rest for them actually happens when? Jesus' teaching. See, the rest happens for them also in the place they probably didn't realize they were getting rest. The place they didn't get rest a few days ago, guess where they got their rest? In the, yeah, in the boat. Jesus didn't lie to them. He said, we're going to go to a desolate place and get some rest. He just didn't say the rest would happen in the boat to the desolate place. They got to the desolate place like, finally, now rest. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, man, I just said rest a while. You had your rest. Now we're here and people need us to care for them. And when I said you were in the same place as them, my suggestion to you is you are getting your rest right now. No, this is church. I'm a volunteer today, pastor. This isn't rest. I'm on, I'm on duty. <laughs> I don't think you understand what rest looks like. God feeds you. God encourages you. God guides you in the scriptures to realize he's giving you what you need for this hour. Most of you are like, no, 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 but I deserve five hours of restful time this afternoon. Okay, we can have that fight another time. The greatest rest you receive in your daily living is time spent with Christ. The only one who can actually replenish you. You've probably had a great meal, but you know what happens four or five hours after you have a great meal? Don't be too specific with me. Yeah, you're hungry again. You, just, you need it again. As God feeds, he continues to give us more and to be able to grow even in greater ways. So Jesus has compassions on them. He has compassion on these people, and they are gathered there. So the desolate place happens, and then he says to them, this is where I think they just thought the rest wasn't coming. Verse 37, asking of food, he says, give them something to eat. What did they expect Jesus to say? All right, wrap this thing up, going home, shutting it down, it's a desolate place, you need to go get food. Jesus says, I want you to do something that you can't even imagine. 
See, the disciples are actually having a learning moment here as well. They knew about Jesus and what he was capable of, right? They knew he could raise the dead. They knew that he could heal. They knew that he could do all these things. But then he says, give them something to eat, and they actually do what? Well, see, I would say they don't feed him. They question it first. We'll get to the feeding, but their first move is, this is beyond what we've seen yet, so we'll move back to our human understanding, and our human understanding is we can't do feeding. We're out. Feeding is not something we've done yet. Healing we could do. Raising people we could do. All those things, but you're not presenting me with a raising people from the dead thing. Food, that's totally different. If you've never done food prep, I mean, raising people from the dead, that's one thing. But food prep takes time. It's a delicate art. I'm just sharing with you, that's their move. If they haven't seen it, they don't have confidence. God could, God could address this need. It was, um, Jesus is busy and we're guarding Jesus. Isn't that great? We don't want to demand too much of Jesus. We're protecting our Lord. We can't believe that something greater may happen. And since we can't, we'll say it in a way that makes it sound like we're very religious. We'll hedge our bet. So our bet is go home. Get them out of here. Jesus says, you give them something to eat. To which they're thinking, you're crazy. You're crazy. They've seen the crowd. They know how big this is. And they said to him, shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give it to them to eat? Do you not love this? Like the accountant in every single disciple steps out right then. They now become a great judge of the magnitude of people, the amount of bread and the amount of money and all the labor and wages that it'll take there. Now, when Jesus is healing people, they're not like, do you have any idea how many medical doctors have tended to this person over the last 14 years of their life? That's not a worry. But when it comes now to food, they understand food from a very human textbook understanding and they move there again. I would suggest to you in your own life, you have places and corners that you are not willing to let the Lord actually do what he's going to do. You're still holding that back. Oh, no. You can't do that. I mean, Lord, you do hymns and you do some songs. I mean, you do Sunday mornings, but you don't deal with my family strife. You don't deal with my cancer. The doctor does that. Lord, you don't deal with my mental illness, uh, but some medication and others and my physical therapist helps me with my back issues, but you don't deal with those things. I have others that tend to that. To which I think Jesus might say to you, let's go to a desolate place and rest a while. Let's go rest a while. Let's go see what God is up to. See, nothing actually goes wrong. Nothing goes wrong at all for them. The text today invites you in to see what God is providing for the people. He provides for them a grand vision that God is bigger than they imagined. Human beings limit God. We limit him all the time. Remember Jesus asleep on the boat a few weeks ago? What was the limitation there? He's asleep on the boat. He doesn't care about us. (laughs) He gets up and just says, be still. Peace, be still. And it stopped, but they thought he couldn't do that. They thought he couldn't raise Jairus' daughter. Don't trouble the teacher any longer. She's, She's dead. To which he said, Talitha Komi, which means arise and walk. He spoke and things happened. The Lord speaks to us. Verse 42, they all ate. They all ate. And were satisfied. 
You think every single person that gathered there in the feeding of the 5,000 believed in Jesus? I think it'd be a little unrealistic to think that every single person believed. It'd be just as unrealistic to think that every single person in every Christian congregation that comes in actually believes that Jesus is the Son of God. To believe that every single person in a congregation on Sunday morning actually believes that Jesus is capable of providing them with a gift of eternal life, free. The free gift of life, His grace, His merits, given to you with no strings attached. It's just not possible. Because that's not how the world works. You have to give something. You have to exchange something. To which our Lord says, you do. You've got to give up that it's about you. You've got to give up that it's your task. You have to give up that it's not about you taking 200 denarii to go get bread. I'm just asking you to give them something to eat. And it may be possible what he wanted them to actually give them to eat was really what? A reflection of their faith in Christ and his ability to accomplish it. God did the feeding. Jesus, God in the flesh, is the one who takes those loaves and divides. He's doing the miracle. All the disciples are doing is what? dispensing miracle. Don't make it out that the disciples did the miracle. All they were is a dispenser. Brothers and sisters in Christ, as we gather in this house of worship, we are echoes of what Christ has already done. I am not Jesus Christ. I hope no one is confused in that. Some of you are like, we got that a long time ago, Pastor. Got it. You are not Jesus. But don't miss that. So when someone in this congregation lets you down, they offend you and they hurt you, guess what? There's forgiveness under the cross for that. So stop whipping people with your tongue about how bad they are and what they should have done. They should have treated you differently. No, let's get back up and realize that we're going to rest where? In a desolate place and rest a while. You may be in a desolate place in your life right now. Disciples thought maybe desolate was going to be a good thing. You're thinking it's a bad thing. But that rest a while, God gives to you right here as we assemble. God is here to feed you, to nurture you, to care for you as we go where? Not just on a conversational journey as we go right into the scriptures. You know one of the neat things that I hope you do during the week is you read here in Mark 6 and some of you may do something crazy this afternoon. You know what that is? Take a nap. Nice. <laughs> I love it. What I was hoping is that at some point during the week you may actually keep reading Mark. Or you may actually go read Mark 5 again. And realize the setting of what's taking place. Not that we haven't discussed it, but that you can see it. I don't want you just to, well, you know, Pastor Mike said this. Read it. Let the word do what God promised it would do. Be there for us. So to the question that is asked of all those people. The disciples have the people gather before them in thousands and throngs. And they said, what should we do? And Jesus said to them, give them something to eat. That same opportunity is presented to you and you have a chance to give them something to eat and i want you to give them jesus just give them jesus let them know that because you have jesus your heart is strong let them know because you have jesus you are weathering the storm let them know because you have jesus the death of your mother is not the end of the story you know she shall rise Give them Jesus and let them know the pain that you feel every single day from arthritis and broken joints and different challenges. You've got Jesus and you know that's not the end. That Christ refuses to allow your physical existence to be the end. It's why Jesus came. And he will renew you. You don't have to have every single answer. You just have to know what to give them. 
Give him Jesus. Amen. We're glad you've connected with us online and look forward to the opportunity to see you in person. On behalf of everyone at Jordan, we hope you will join us as we gather in worship of our Savior, Jesus Christ, every Sunday morning at 930 at Beaver Creek Cinemas in the peak of good living, Apex, North Carolina.